Hello and welcome to the first episode of Chris Riffs, my freewheeling podcast about the music that inspires me. And our first episode is about the great arranger who just passed away, Sammy Nestico. It's kind of a strange thing for a first episode, but it's sort of a somber one, but at the same time, it's a celebratory one. Word came yesterday through people I know on social media about the passing of the great Sammy Nestico. Sammy was an arranger for the Basie Band. That's perhaps what he was most famous for. But even if you weren't technically a jazz fan, it was impossible not to come across Sammy Nestico if you were in bands growing up. Sammy Nestico was 96 years old, and he was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Another good Pennsylvania person, even if he was from the wrong end of the state. And in the 1930s, he joined his high school orchestra, according to Wikipedia, and we know how trustworthy that is. And he was a trombonist. By the age of 17, he had joined the local radio station's orchestra. His career, of course, his time with Count Basie, like I said, is one of his most memorable. He also arranged for the U.S. Air Force and U.S. Marine bands, and he played trombone with many of the greats, including Tommy Dorsey, Woody Herman, Gene Krupa, and Charlie Barnett, which if you're into big band music, you know that's a, an A-list of bands. Then he moved into television and film, worked with people like Bing, Sarah Vaughan, of course, uh, Francis Albert Sinatra, and he worked in television doing music for shows like Mannix, commercial jingles, all sorts of things across the board. But if you played in a band of any kind in the 70s, 80s, 90s, up to this day, from middle schools, high schools, professional groups, if you bought stock arrangements, then you must know the name Sammy Nestico, because his arrangements are everywhere. There's a handful of arrangers and names that you come across, Lenny Niehaus, uh, Bill Holman, Dave Wolpe, but it seems that Sammy Nestico is probably the big one. I probably came across Sammy Nestico for the first time in junior high school, if not before. And you notice who arranged this chart, whatever, even if you're not really into that stuff. I was just in the early stages of getting into jazz and big band music uh, at that age. So I was really kind of a neophyte. But, you know, you just, you recognize the names. And it seems like every second or third chart that my band directors would pull out would be a Sammy Nestico chart. And why not? They were good. Even the easy ones for middle schoolers were good. Band directors are going to gravitate to that stuff because they want something that's at least fun for them as well. As I got older and my knowledge of jazz and big band jazz grew, of course, you come across the Count Basie stuff. 
And as you move into the 60s and 70s, of course, that was the era of Sammy Nestico with, with the Basie Band. And, of course, great arrangers all around. Quincy Jones, what do you, what do you got to say on that, right? But uh, Sammy had an amazing ability. And, and I'm going to plug something in here as well, going back to the fact that he was a trombone player. And I'm going to use a little of my trombone bigotry here and just say, you know, it really seems that some of the great, great arrangers happen to be trombone players. Now, of course, I'm the proof against that, but I'm not a great, great trombone player either. Um, and I couldn't write or arrange my way out of a paper bag. Um, but I, I do sometimes wonder if it's the, the building of the harmonies across a, tr a trombone section that really helps uh, cement uh, that, that idea of thinking about arrangements. Now, my sax playing friends will probably uh, have a good laugh at that or throw something at me, but, <laughs> you know, that's why they sit in front of me, so I can poke them with the slide. What you really appreciate with, with Sammy Mestico is that he never lost sight of those bassy roots. And the bassy band just always had great arrangers. And the reason it survived over the course of, of time in ways that all the other big bands really didn't is that it changed with the times. New ideas came in, but there was a root. There was always a root, a, a bassy sound that well, quite honestly, still exists today, even though uh, the count has uh, gone on to the great gig in the sky. It's still, that that root still exists in, in the bassy music. And Sammy Nestico was, of course, hugely influenced by that because that's where he came from. And um, he, even as he modernized over, over the years, he had that at, at, at his basic root level, which I think is uh, really kind of a nice consistency. You can grow, but if you have that, that base to start from, then you know that it's always going to be um, uh, an evolution of the conversation, is I, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at. And over the years, he managed to do that. Through his arranging, he was able to continue working because his mind was sharp. You hear interviews of him, and I will um, have some links to that in the transcript on my website. Listen to him talk about his arrangements into the 90s, his 90s. Uh, he, he was still growing. He was still bringing new things to the table. And he was lucky. He was able to continue creating that way. Uh, his arrangements, that was his voice, his instrument. And um, where a lot of players start losing their embouchure, losing their teeth, their, their ability to create with their instrument. For Sammy Nestico, his instrument was the band. Thus, he was able to continue creating for nearly a century. He was 96 when he passed, you know, and that's, that's a good amount of time to be creating art and through his involvement in education and creating charts for developing bands really was able to have an amazing influence with that. And I know that today's arrangers owe a huge debt 
to uh, Sammy Nestico, and uh, and we all do who play big band modern big band jazz. We all have an enormous debt of gratitude toward him because uh, he made it fun for us, and we were very lucky. It's a, it's a shame that great artists have to pass. It's uh, and how short our lives are and the influence that we can have but like so many things the, what you leave behind and for Sammy Nestico it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of charts for all levels of musicians that's a legacy and um, we're all very lucky as musicians to be touched by that my hope is that the next generation who are influenced by him will do the same and will continue this. Uh, you know, it's not like the old days when they said good music was popular and popular music was good. The days that the big bands dominate are, of course, long gone. They're not on the charts, with the exception of the occasional Brian Setzer or Harry Connick Jr. or um, Michael Buble type thing. But the music lives through the creators, uh, the people who write the arrangements, and uh, those of us who interpret them and play them and have the joy of that experience. So I'm so thankful for that uh, because it's a big part of who I am. I'm thankful for Sammy Nestico, who is a warm and generous and creative master. So a toast to Sammy Nestico. I hope you'll check in on my website, cd6.com slash music. There you'll find a transcript of this podcast, as well as links to further listening. In this case, uh, some arrangements uh, by Sammy Nestico and some interviews. Luckily, he did uh, so much work with the military bands that... Uh, a lot of that's uh, available, and uh, you'll just get a real sense of just how wonderful and warm a man he truly was. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I hope you'll subscribe. And until next time, thanks for listening.